Welcome to Inside the Path to Success podcast, brought to you by Opulus, where you go behind the scenes with financial planners Ryan Greiser and Fran Walsh to hear stories about how leading entrepreneurs, millennials, professional athletes, and coaches navigate the natural challenges that arise on the path to success and how to advance to the next level. And now, here are your hosts from Opulus, Ryan Greiser and Fran Walsh. All right, welcome to another episode of Inside the Path to Success podcast. Today, we got another three questions submitted here. Uh, Today, we'll be reviewing how big of a deal is inflation at 7.5%, what are stable coins, how do they work, and why are they offering such high yields on certain platforms, and number three, I keep hearing about DAOs relating to DeFi and crypto. What are they and how do they work? All right, so let's get right into it, Rye. How big of a deal is inflation at 7.5%? could be a really big deal, especially if our wages and our income is not keeping up with that pace, yep. right? So if our incomes are growing at 7% to match inflation or 10% to exceed that, it's not that big of a deal because all the tides rise and fall together. However, if our money that's sitting at the bank is not rising at that same rate or our incomes are not rising at that same rate, it's a really big deal because... Mm-hmm. Simply, our purchasing power and our money is not keeping pace with the rising cost of the goods and the services that we buy every day, like gas, groceries, my ribeye steak that I bought over the weekend, which was delicious, was a lot more money than it was a year ago. So if I can't buy as much stuff or my money's not growing as much because inflation's kicking up at 7.5%, that's a pretty big deal, and we all need to take a really close look at what are we doing with our money? How are we leveraging it? And more importantly, if we do have a lot of cash that's getting 0.0% at the bank or a bond that might be yielding 1%, 2%, 3 is that really the appropriate uh, use of, of the money that we have at work for us? Yep, absolutely. And I think a couple of things that I think are really important to, to note on this is you know, one the one thing you talked about is like the money just sitting in your yeah. bank. I think enough people don't realize that when you hear like seven and a half percent inflation, that's on the 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 basic goods that a consumer can buy in a, a week or a month or whatever, right? So so what does that actually mean? Like just for reference, a hundred dollars one year ago basically means that same hundred dollars this year would buy you ninety-two dollars and fifty cents worth of product, right? So if that inflation rate continues over time, right, that ninety-two fifty might be worth, you know whatever, $86, then $80, right? It'll just keep going down. So like you mentioned, if everyone's you know salary on average increases two to three percent and they're not investing or doing anything to you know to grow their monies on the side, you are operating at a loss every year. And if Guaranteed. you're not yeah, and if you're if you're simply doing nothing and just having your money sit in cash, you know, like I don't want to make any we're not making any guarantees, but the one thing I can guarantee is the government's not gonna stop spending money, right? So <laughs> they're gonna continue to inflate that that currency and all that's doing is devaluing the dollars that are in your pocket. So like you have to do something to try to combat that. Um so we just like to make that reference to make people know like, hey, if that money's just sitting there and you don't have a short term purpose for it in the near, you know, three, six, 12 months, like you need yep. to put it to work in some way, shape, or form, or you were just promising yourself that you're going to be operating at a loss at a year over year basis. Yeah. And not making this personal financial advice, but something we strive to talk to all of our clients about, and even my own personal financial life is can I have three to six months worth of my 
my expenses in cash for the unknowns that are going to pop up. Yes. Anything above that, my money should be working for me in some way, shape, or form to at a minimum try to keep up with inflation. But at 7.5%, and if it continues to tick up, that's a really tall task yep. to try to keep up with that in a safe way. So it's uh, inflation is a big deal. Yep. And one other note that I wanted to make on this, I was reading an article this morning because this is, you know, it gets me all frustrated. These people keep talking about, you know, there's a widening wealth gap yeah. in our in our country. 61% of individuals live paycheck to paycheck. Okay. 61% in America. So based on that, right, most people do not have the ability to have available funds to be investing or trying to get ahead on their future, right? If they're living paycheck to paycheck, and we know that that seven and a half percent number, if it doesn't, if the Fed doesn't get it down to that two percent, three percent that they aim and strive for, to, yeah. so that people's, you know, that people are just going to keep losing purchasing power year over year, right? So this is Especially why the people that are living paycheck to paycheck, exactly, right? exactly, because the only people that are going to be able to get ahead are those who have the ability to put excess monies away, save, and they're going to keep getting ahead. And that that gap is going to keep widening. So that's why it's so important that we always stress. I know we sound like a broken record talking about it, that 50, 20, 30 principle. You need to budget, trim the fat, the things that you that are excess in your life that you may not need to spend money on. If you are one of those individuals who do live paycheck to paycheck, you need to try your best to be able to put away that 20% for your future so that you're not constantly losing purchasing power and digging yourself in a deeper hole um, due to the current financial state. Yep. All right. So let's move on to number two here. Um, what are stable coins? How do they work? Why are they offering such high yields on certain platforms? Um, so I'll kind of start off here. Um, pretty much stable coins are just a class of cryptocurrency. And what they do is they attempt to offer price stability and they're backed by a reserve asset, usually either US dollar, some other form of fiat currency, or it could be a commodity like gold, silver, or even a basket of other cryptocurrencies, which is usually a little bit more rare. Um, but usually what they try to do is be pegged to the US dollar. That's typically the main goal. And the reason they're trying to do this is they're trying to offer price stability in a market of digital assets that tends to be very volatile. So some of the key components of this, right, are that they're open, global, and accessible to anyone with the internet 24-7. They're very fast and cheap uh, to basically... Send anywhere at any time. It costs just a few dollars to send, you know, upwards of a hundred grand, a million compared to, you know, if you do a, a bank wire, sometimes that stuff can get pretty pricey. On the same note, if you're just sending, you know, uh, USDC or some other kind of stable coin over, you know, your Coinbase to someone, it could be to them in a matter of minutes where if anyone's ever dealt with their bank trying to do a wire transfer or pay something, sometimes that can, that stuff can take like a couple weeks depending on where you're sending it to. If it's international, it's an even bigger nightmare. So just the, the basic goal of them is to make everything like all other decentralized finance. It's just to make it more secure, quicker, faster, more efficient. Now, part two of this is that if you've ever been on, you know, uh, you know, Coinbase, Voyager, Gemini, any whatever crypto platform yep. it is you use, you've likely seen that they're willing to pay you on USDC or or Tether or you know whatever other stable coins that you've looked into, they'll be willing to pay somewhere up to you know five to ten percent um, interest on those. Now, why is that? There's really two main reasons. Number one is what they're doing is by by doing that, you're basically lending your money to this platform. And then what they do is they go lend your money out to someone. So if they're going to pay you that, you know, 5%, 9% is a really common one that we see out there. 
what they're doing is they're going and lending that to someone for 15%. They're keeping this, they'll pay you your nine because they get that 6% arbitrage. So it's not like they're, they're just giving you free money, right? They're using your money. money. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. They're going out to try to make more money on their own. And number, the second part of that is that a lot of these, um, you know, offerings that we're seeing right now on stable coins may be a limited time. Uh, Coinbase, for example, they were offering 9% on stable coins when they first got started. But a lot of that is marketing because they're trying to bring lots of money on the platform. So people that are, they're trying to introduce to cryptocurrencies, they're like, they're using this as like, okay, hey, it's the same thing as the dollar, but we'll pay you 9% on your money, knowing that people will likely start getting into other things. And then what happened? Coinbase becomes a household name. Anyone who pretty much invests in cryptocurrencies at this point uses Coinbase. So what happens? They pull that all the way down to 0.15% on you know your USDC or other stable coins. So that's likely not something that's you know here to stay for a long time. Uh, but a lot of people ask like, Hey, is this legit? Why are they paying me 9% on, on quote unquote cash? Um, and that is, that's the reason why it's a, it's a marketing tool to bring dollars to the platform. And then on top of that, they're using your money to, uh, go lend to other people. Um, but one thing to absolutely consider with stable coins, um, is, you know, things like it, you know, there is chance of, of hacks, like anything else with crypto. It is not a, yeah, there is certainly a risk. And on top of that, the risk that's involved with, you know, hacks, getting your wallet, uh, you know, stolen via security issues. Um, the, the U S government is trying to cover out with a, you know, they're a digital asset, stable coin of their own, as we noted in one of our posts a couple weeks back, central bank, digital currency, CBDC. Exactly. And that will certainly cause some problems for the existing, uh, stable coins today, at least on a competition level, you know, who knows what's going to come there, but you know, like anything else, be sure to do your due diligence, do your research, ask questions. Um, and, and there's, there's inherent risk with anything. There are no guarantees. There's no guaranteed free money. You're locking it in. There is, there is risk with everything you do in finance. I think it's important to note on that is although the, the stable coins are generally pegged to a currency like the U S dollar, that does not mean there's FDIC insurance like at the bank Yep, that's there. So it's pegged to the dollar, but it's not guaranteed to be equal to the dollar and or have insurances that some of the federal programs are. Yep. Definitely more potential for, for growth there with some of these programs, but it's not risk-free. Absolutely. Either. Absolutely. I think what will be interesting as time goes on and we talk about the struggle to keep up with inflation, especially in our asset management world, is will these stable coins and some of the DeFi stuff that's out there replace some of the bonds or replace certain asset classes inside of a portfolio? We're not going to go down that rabbit hole yeah. today, but it will be interesting to see is that can this type of environment allow us to keep pace with inflation where some traditional asset classes are falling a little bit short today to allow us to do so. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even on the the note of just, you know, traditional stock market, most analysts are out there saying it's it's relatively, you know, they've assumed 8 to 10% historically. Yep. Now they're looking somewhere around 5 to 7% annually, which, you know, hopefully inflation doesn't stay where it is today, but if it stays around that 7.5%, like that's not a great sign to say that, hey, our markets can't keep up with inflation. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but, um, you know, certainly some things to consider there in the future and we'll see what happens. Yeah. 
All right. Lastly, uh, I keep hearing about DAOs. That is D-A-O-S for those listening. Relating to DeFi and cryptocurrencies. What are they and how do they work? Yeah, so the pure definition of DAO is uh, an organization created by developers to automate decisions and, and facilitate cryptocurrency transactions. So maybe let's take this into the real world and we'll jump back into the crypto space a little bit. So our beloved Philadelphia Eagles, right? They're going to win the Super Bowl next year, which yep. I'm excited about. God bless them. championship run coming up. But let's talk about their organization as a whole. So I think that the entire fan base loves the idea of the Eagles bringing back their retro Kelly Green jerseys. Yep. Right? Generally speaking, I think that's – maybe it's just my personal opinion. <laughs> I don't know, but I love those jerseys. I think most would agree. Right? So, so imagine if the Eagles created a DAO for the Eagles uniform. So if they created a decentralized autonomous organization, and for example, every season ticket holder got a token, that's part of that decentralized organization. And they set up that to allow the season ticket holders to vote on what jerseys the Eagles could buy, not buy, the Eagles would wear in their next home game. Is it the midnight greens? Is it the blacks, the whites, or the Kelly green vintage Jersey that's there. And whoever holds that token has the autonomous right to vote on certain things that could go on. So for the first home game, what jerseys would the season ticket holders allow the, the Eagles to wear for that Jersey? They could post that on the blockchain, and then everyone with the token could vote on what that jersey is. So it can give the power to the people Yep. in that sense and automate that decision-making process. Like now today, you imagine trying to call every season ticket holder and like tally or send an email to all of them and tally, like, hey, what, what jersey do you want to wear? It would be a mess. Yep. But through this DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization, you could give voting powers and rights to individuals of a select group based on some decisions that you'd like for them to make, which could be cool. Or they could even, Eagles could sell that right as well. So they just want to sell it to the entire fan base. Maybe you don't have enough money to buy a season ticket, but you want to have voting power over that. You could buy in to this decentralized autonomous organization for what color jerseys do the birds wear? Or what is that next logo design? So an organization can really give that power away to a fan base, an organization or whatever it is. Or if it's like, what milkshake should McDonald's put out right next, right? Like he, they could give that power away. So that concept's really interesting. But then you take it one step further, maybe from something fun to real life stuff. There was an organization called Constitution Dow who was trying to raise money to purchase a copy of the U.S. Constitution. So everyone who threw money in there got a token for X amount of dollars that they invested in that. Now, this organization ended up not winning the bid to purchase that constitution, that copy of the constitution from the U.S. government. But if they did, now that entire organization could have a right to own that a piece of the constitution. And with that, they could rent out the piece of the constitution to the Smithsonian who then pays a royalty fee, and then that money comes back through the DAO and disseminated across everyone who made an original investment and now has a token for voting authority on how are we going to use this, we're going to monetize it, or we're going to put it in a museum. So it's really, really interesting how this technology 
and a decentralized autonomous organization can impact sports potentially, how it could impact purchasing art, something as huge as the constitution that could really bring masses together for decision-making power where, you know, tallying votes or building a cap table for all this stuff, just, it's not scalable. And this technology makes it that way. So it'll be really interesting to see how things disseminate across with the decision-making power of, uh, of individuals in the future. Yeah. And I think that, and I think the, just the most exciting part for people is that they'll just feel a part of something. 100%. You know what I mean? Like with the Eagles example directly, like people would f- be so fired up just to be like, oh my God, like we get, we get to, yeah, we that. get to pick that. Right. Uh, no, so I think it's really cool concept. I certainly think it's something that's going to blow because I think people like, people like the, everyone likes the yeah. idea of having power in some way, shape or form and helping make decisions, especially on the things that are important to them. Yeah. And this is a little out there, but there was that football league that Johnny Manziel was playing in where like the fans like, text in to like vote like run or pass on each play yeah so like it could get really nuts the nfl will never be there i don't think or any major sports league where the fans are voting what play to run or go for on fourth down or punt because <laughs> they'll go for it on every yeah. every single play right be but, a lot of gambling degenerates going yeah, crazy exactly <laughs> but it will be interesting to see where is all this stuff overlaid or even you know like in the restaurant business like if you want to have a say over your favorite restaurants next menu options of one two and three Hey, could I vote for that and have some sort of say in that experience? I don't know, man. It'll be it'll be really interesting just to see how companies embrace this next wave of technology to really share with community, to share ownership, and also to share your decision-making just to be part of a group. So yep. it'll be cool. Absolutely, man. All right. Well, with that, hope you guys enjoy, and uh, we'll be back next week for our next podcast. Catch you next time. Thanks, guys. If you want even more insights on the path to success, follow Ryan and Fran at Opulus LLC on Instagram and Facebook. Or check us out on the web at www.opulus.us. Lastly, the content of this podcast is not to be viewed as personal investment, legal, or tax advice. You should always consult with a professional advisor before implementing any topics discussed.